0: is Thrive Perspectives, an ever-growing discussion about the issues that shape our lives with your guides, Dr. Matthew Jacoby and DJ Payne. Perspectives number
1: 23, it's DJ and Matt. Matt, uh, you've you've come in this morning and, you know, we, we message... There's a group of us here in Thrive, a small team who put, mm. put together Thrive, and you're throwing out different ideas for this episode of Perspectives. Yeah. One of the titles that you gave us was uh, Bigot and Judgmental, question mark, Christian Dissent in a Culture of Unconditional Affirmation. <laughs> Didn't
2: That's you a, like my...
1: Well... It's very snappy.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to call it... Um, uh, moral discourse in a post-Christian age. But
1: <laughs> You really that. know how to get the listeners excited yeah. to tune in. Uh no, so we decided to call as you as of course, dear listener, you know by by looking at this in your podcast app, we've called this one judgmental and bigoted. And I really like that we're doing it now. This is coming out a week if you're listening to it as it comes out, it's a week before Christmas. Mm. And a lot of times You know, around Christmas, we're coming together with a family. We're coming together with friends. um, And as a believer, we might be sitting there with uncles, aunts, cousins, friends who aren't believers. Mm. And sometimes some pretty spicy topics come up, whether that's politics Mm. or people's lifestyles. And all of a sudden the Christians are on one side and we are getting accused of being bigoted, judgmental. Hey, Jesus says that we should love everybody. How dare you? All these Mm. type of things. So I think you've actually put your finger on, Mm. um, you know, something that's really important for us today.
2: Yeah, I think this is an important uh, topic. It's something that is topical because uh, the media uh, loves to caricature. And and it, it is a bit of a caricature of, Of Christians, I think that's the first thing to realise, and something that I point out when people say, "Well, Christians are bigoted and judgmental," and and the first thing that I like to point out is to say, "Look, the media is always going to jump on the most sensational examples; they're always going to be the most extreme examples." And what people invariably describe, I say back to them as someone that's been to hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of churches, uh, not only around Australia but around the world. I say I don't know people who who were like this. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, like you, you're painting a caricature. I I've been a Christian for decades, and I've yeah. been all over the world. I don't. I can't. I don't know anyone
1: really personally that would. Yeah. I know of, yes, people that do. Yes, um, and and that's the sad thing because immediately for some people, as soon as you say, you know, I, I've had this exact conversation. Um, many times, uh, you know, over the years, you know, for decades I was a photographer and and in the last decade of me being a photographer, I was a very public persona within the photography industry. Mm. I became a very public uh, figure within the the Australian industry and even, uh, you know, a little little bit around Mm. the world. And people were always amazed when I would be, I came out as a very blatant, open Christian because mm. immediately people go, "Well, hang on, are you one of those Christians?" And they go immediately to the Westboro Baptists. Mm. Are you holding up a sign that says "God hates fags" mm. and are you protesting everything? On, on yeah. and I'm like, I don't even think they're Christians.
3: <laughs> like,
1: yes. Why? Why are you going to there? You know, it, it's, yeah. it's really hard. And
2: and look, I mean, I think. Um, I don't think we should stop there, though. I, I think recognizing that it is a caricature and pointing that out, I think, is important. Okay, yeah. because it's just the nature of the media; it's the way that the media works, and it's always going to be—it's always going to be the case. 100%. They're going to grab the, the most, you know. They're going to polarize, they are going to grab the most sensational things. Media is entertainment, so you know the, the sort of moderate person quietly working away. I mean, you know, as I say, look, most of us, you know, most Christian churches around the world, just quietly work, working away, doing their thing, being a positive influence uh in society and but that doesn't make the news that's boring you know so uh it's it's the outspoken uh that uh, that do um however there look there are enough examples uh of uh of outspoken christians who probably don't do this well um who uh, really confirm this um this way of um, this caricature yeah.
1: and, and, and and by the caricature we're, we're talking about Like someone who is You know Pointing a finger Fairly nasty Judgmental Bigoted Like Well it may not actually Even be that they're being
2: Judgmental and bigoted I mean okay. a, a classic example Is the case of Israel Folau uh, Was is that already A couple of years ago Yeah uh, Last now. year Last year Yeah. Oh really That yeah. was man it Tw- Well 20, 2020's, 2020's <laughs> been, a been a long, long year. year That's right um, <laughs> Where You uh, where I don't think there was any intention of you know being judgmental or and there was a lot of words that were used about it I don't think are true of him but it, his his approach lacked tact you know it, it was ta- fairly tactless and, yes um uh, now I think you often that's the problem so it's firstly it's the problem of tactlessness yep um and it's also perhaps a mis a misunderstanding. Uh, of the situation that we 're in, and there 's a certain inevitability around us talking about christian things there 's an inevitability about how that 's going to come across um, if we're not if we 're not conscious okay. of some of those problems and yep. I guess what I want to do today is talk about some of those issues yep. because on the one hand we can say oh, it 's all a, you know we, we, you know we 're not judgmental and we 're not this and we 're not bigoted." Uh, but we do need to take responsibility mm. for the way that we appear as yeah. well, yeah. and even though yes it 's a caricature, but are there things that we can the things that we can do to actually uh, reverse that yeah look and the primary thing we can do is actually um, you know for a person meeting one positive example of a Christian will absolutely demolish. A hundred other bad example, you know, yeah. examples that they've seen impersonally. Okay? Yeah. So they just need to meet a Christian who's not like that. Yeah. And who says, "Look, and all the people around me, the other Christians aren't like that." I mean, I think that personal connection reverses that. But again, there's also, I think, some things that that we can do to avoid coming across like that, and that's what I want to talk about. It's
1: today. a complicated. It's a complicated, very. Um there's a big spectrum in this topic you mm. know because there's a lot of different angles to look at this and i'm i, I want to i'll use i've already mentioned and you know it was sort of by accident you know my history in the photography realm i want to i'll bring that in again now b- because there was a time um you know when like you say meeting one positive christian, christian can mm. change people i can't tell you dozens i mean honestly dozens and dozens of times because i did a podcast within the photography mm. world and i interviewed a lot of people that's what i talk about a public thing and i got to meet a lot of people so many people would have you know i'd get to know them and then they would find out i was a christian or they mm. knew i was a christian beforehand and by the end of it i had this type of conversation so many times that it made me laugh Oh, I've always hated Christians, or I had a really bad time mm. with Christians, or something. But you aren't like those other Christians. Mm. You're different. Mm. You're loving or accepting or whatever they wanted to. You know, people express it in different ways. So that was a really. You and, know, and, I, and I
2: try to point out, actually, I'm not. I'm not an exceptional yes. Christian. Yeah, this yeah. is actually fairly common. It's just that what you have. Uh, been given is yep. a is a caricature yes. that you've generalised from.
1: Yeah, exactly. And exactly. no, I think
2: that's. A, I think we can challenge. We can and we should uh, challenge people because they've seen caricatured versions that they are generalising from that to yep. everyone, and that actually is is a is a form of bigotry in itself. Yeah. To uh, to take one example and to generalise, yeah. uh, it's a form. It's a. It's actually. A, it's a very insidious form of prejudice. Yes, where I take a caricature mm. uh, and and I generalise that, and I say everyone in this class is like that. Mm. Um, so I think that's you know that is uh, problematic. So th- there's a um, look. I I saw an, an article. And it was just an online thing, and, and it wasn't a very well written article, but it was it 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 gives a good example of the kind of sort of popular view that's uh, that's out there. And it says this: Christian churches have a tendency to condemn and shame members of the LGBT community. This practice drives millennials away them because they 're likely to have a friend who is part of that community. Many young people are also confused and feel like their churches send mixed messages. One common example would be preaching a message about how God loves everyone and then disgracing a person for being themselves now here is where the chari- this is a classic caricature um, uh, Christian churches have a tendency. Uh, condemning and shaming members. Um, again, I've been in all my time. I've, I mean, condemning and shaming Westbro. Maybe yep. you know, like that's. In fact, yep. that's one of the only examples that I can that, that exactly. I can actually think of that yep. actually does this. Yep. Yep. I've never seen a church uh, do this. Um, uh, now, now that what they're doing in, is inferring this from yep. other behaviours, and we'll talk about that a uh, moment. Uh, in a moment. It uh, also says, you know, preaching a message about how God loves everyone and then disgracing a person for being themselves. Mm. Um, and again, it's interesting to think about what what is meant by here by disgracing a per- for being themselves. Yes. I mean, so anyway, th- this is an example of, of h- how a lot of people see the church. And so I think it's important that we talk about this. So I think the first thing is to... Maybe establish some context because there's a problem uh, with um, talking about our values in yeah. the world in which we live. Yes. Okay, because it doesn't make sense. We are operating within a worldview, and we are often uh, being heard by people who don't share our worldview. And so we have to be very conscious of how we are, how we are coming across. and Christians, particularly Christians who have been Christian a long time, tend to get so locked within their worldview yeah. that they they lose uh, a sense of how this gets heard. Mm-hmm. Now, one way to reverse this is to have lots of conversations with non-Christian people. This one of the ways that this happens is that Christians lose touch with the world around them, amen. Because they only talk to each other. Yeah. If we're only talking to each other, then we lose a sense of Of the world around us, and one of the most healthy things that we can do if is have constant conversations about our faith with non-Christian people. Yes, and it's only in and this is for me. It's it's the most rewarding. It's the most rewarding thing. Yeah, uh, because I have to. It challenges me to explain my faith in a way that's going to be intelligible to that other person, and that takes some practice.
1: Yeah. Oh, it does. And it also, it also, not only does it take practice, you know, for someone like you, Matt, who is steeped in, you know, theology, Bible teaching, everything like that, but for the ordinary lay person, it makes you, there's no better way to understand a particular subject Mm. than to teach that subject. Yeah. I don't go one step further than to teach that subject or explain that subject to someone who is ad- who is an adversary to yeah. that particular point yeah. it makes you understand and the challenge that I would have for a lot of people who um, you know sit in the pews and I think people listening to this podcast might be the exception to the rule but um, a lot of people who sit in the pews of a lot of churches yeah. they might be um, they might be you know chal- the, the idea of them explaining their faith, Or having someone, this is this is something I love to do with with a lot of people, and with the small group that I had and stuff like that. I would say, okay, I'm going to play the advocate here. Um, Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. God's God; He's bigger. He could do anything. Why did He? Why this atonement is ridiculous? Explain to me why. And people would just go white. A lot of Christians who believe <laughs> and have been sitting in the churches for a long time ago. Um, uh, uh, and I'm like, yeah. well, you better get across this because yeah. these are some of the questions. I know I'm going down a rabbit trail here, mm. but the point being that having to explain where you're coming from to someone who doesn't believe yeah. is a great way for you to be shored yeah. up in your faith. Yeah, this is this is what happens.
2: So, so for, in, in a sense. What happens when we're only speaking amongst ourselves? Yeah. And this happens a lot. Okay? Yeah. Christians, uh, probably more often than not, the tendency is for us to keep our faith to ourselves. Oh, very so right we right. talk about faith stuff with Christians, yes. but not with the non-Christians around us. Yeah. Now what this does is it has a very similar effect to like tribal. It, it develops a kind of tribalism. Okay. Now what, yes. happens, what happen, happens with tribes or what ha- happened with tribes is that they develop their own... Um, their own uh language language yeah essentially yeah um dialect really i yeah. mean they, they may have started language. yeah it's yep. like they may have started with uh the same language but they gradually develop in isolation what happens is that you develop a dialect okay now the class you know i mean and you, you have this in um in communities in in europe where i mean my my dad's germany's kölsch and just in that city of cologne they have a kölsch dialect that is very difficult to understand for a, uh, you know, a, a speaker of normal, uh, what they call Hochdeutsch. So you get, you know, and so you get this this tribal mentality where suddenly we're speaking a language amongst ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that because we only speak it amongst ourselves, we develop this kind of theological or values dialect um, that, uh, that people just on the outside just don't understand. Now, this is really, really... Um, counterproductive because our job is to speak not just to each other but primarily actually to the world around us we need to be speaking to the world around us and so what happens in our tribalism and and also the other thing is that we lose we actually realize we don't realize that we don't understand what we're talking about yeah Um, we use these words and everyone accepts we just accept them but we don't because we're not exposing ourselves to the kind of critique and questions that inevitably is going to come from people on the outside yes we don't ask those questions and so we think we know things that we don't it's really quite damaging (laughs) now um to take this further so in a sense what happens with this kind of tribalism you get these dialects and 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 we have these values and so we become in a sense like a like a fortified city you know imagine in the old days yeah a walled city you know and you know there's the pagan world out there and we're the christians and and what we do um is that we sort of lob truth over the wall like a hand grenade you know it's like the holy, we, yeah. the holy hand grenade yeah, yeah. We, we throw it over the wall you know and 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 to people on the outside who don't share our language or our our world or even you, the concept it of seems, truth itself yeah it's it, it's totally nonsensical yeah and so and and Christians can be really insensitive to this, like really insensitive, and and they can think that oh well I was just speaking the truth, yeah. as though just speaking the truth is uh, is enough. You know, it's like an example I've used before. You know, my son when he insults his sister <laughs> in by using some some truth or you know, yeah. and and we'll say Jeremiah that's really horrible thing to oh no but it's true, true. it's true. <laughs> And, and, yeah. and his point to me, but isn't it true that yeah. she that that, that yeah. this or that happened or yeah. that whatever? Like, yes, yes, but that's not the point. That actually was really horrible. What you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think this is this is something. And again, I'm being very general, and it's uh, this itself is a little caricatured. But um, just to help people to understand what actually is happening is that just speaking the truth. Mm. Um, is is not enough. We actually need to be aware, and we need to take responsi- responsibility for the how that comes across, yes. and the effect that that has.
1: Yeah, I guess motivation in the in those circumstances is a big point because, you know, sometimes, you know, if the if the motivation is to is to build that wall, I mean, this yep. is, I'm going to go really yep. horrible here. If the motivation is to separate truth from yep. lies. Sometimes you will be blunt and say, "No, this is where it stands." But if you're actually building a relationship with a human being and you want to see that person come to an understanding of the truth, you don't build a wall. You don't. You don't draw that line in the sand. Sometimes you need to be a little bit more gracious and hold them by the hand and, and, yeah, Yeah, it's so
2: it becomes a journey. Yeah, it becomes a journey. So you're not just throwing. Something at them in in a form that perhaps makes sense to you. Yes, you know, you are actually lead. It's it's about having a conversation with a person that helps them to understand uh, the the perspective of your own worldview. Yeah, and and why that worldview perhaps uh, makes sense. Yeah. So um, so I think um, uh, I think this already is is an issue. One one of the other things I think that's important because the issue here. Is that so? For example, I mean, the big one when it comes to this sort of stuff is ethics, Christian ethics. Now, Christian ethics makes sense within a Christian framework. What people need to understand is as soon as you take away that worldview framework, yes, the ethics actually doesn't make sense anymore, no. you know. So, pe- people say, Well, it's only fair that this and that should be the case. So, take, um, you know, same sex relationships, for example. Yeah. Outside of a Christian worldview, it makes perfect sense that what how that's just natural,
1: and um, so so it's a question of ethics and morality. I guess morality. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: it's mainly in this in this realm that these kinds of things come up because you know because a Christian will say, uh, "Oh no, that's wrong," but that just comes across. That's inevitably going to come across really judgmental and bigoted. Um, uh, I mean, those words are problematic in in the sense that. I'm saying it can it can come across like that. The word yes. judgmental is used in lots of different ways. It it really should refer to a motive. Yeah. You know, uh, yes. In in you know um but what people are feeling and again when people say things like we need to probably understand how people are feeling. Yeah. The feeling is you're coming in on your high horse. You you feel like you have the high moral ground. Yep. And you, you are assuming that without any sort of defence or you just come into this with this sense of entitlement like you have the high moral ground and you have you can tell me what's right or wrong yeah so that's that's behind that's th- the that's, that's the worldly thinking that's the yeah that's that's behind the feeling of yes. I feel that you're judgmental now yeah. I think we should listen to that and try not we need to do our best not to come across like that yeah. And and actually I think we sh- we we shouldn't um come in with a sense of entitlement uh, that we shouldn't come in assuming something uh, about uh, well we can come in with conviction yes but we shouldn't be sort of riding in and just throwing the truth at people as though well you should just accept this yeah um, because again they don't share our worldview so they're not it's just not going to make sense to, to them now this brings me to the main point how does someone, how does someone someone's worldview actually fundamentally change? How does your whole view That's a great of, uh, of the world and of life and of God? How does that all change?
1: Okay, so let's bring it back to the practical. You've you've you've, you've laid out some great ground rules there. So the practical, as, as let's go back to the scenario I said at the beginning. Yeah, you're spending Christmas with your your cousins this year. The fa- family's finally getting get, get together. Uh, you know, you're able to travel and you spend, spend Christmas. Look, and you know that one of your cousins is has a lifestyle that you don't agree with, whatever that is, you know. Uh, and again, even if we want to say one of the scenarios that you've already painted, you know, might be part of the LGBTQ, you know, community. Yeah. And you know that they're going to want to come to you and say, well, what do you think? What do you as a Christian think of this? How? So the question is, what? do we, Like, how do we actually go about of understanding that they have a completely different worldview yep. perspectives? Understanding what the truth actually is to us, how do we? Yeah. How so, do we meet? Yeah. So the
2: first thing to recognize is that they do not have a framework uh that will allow them to understand your ethical position. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, this is not being defeatist. What mm. I'm suggesting here is is a better is a better process. Okay? okay, So rather than just operate on an ethical and just talking ethics, I think all roads need to lead to the gospel here. And I'm going to be, this is really fundamental stuff here. I love it. Um, because, the, again, I ask the question, how do people change? It's through the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives, regenerating them. And, and you know, Paul says, uh, the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Okay, Amen. so... So, we need to get things back to the main message, okay <laughs> and once and and I think everything can lead back to the main uh, message and I try to <clears throat> in a sense in with those conversations not evade the question but try to lead from that issue back to the main back to the main issue and and to actually challenge their their worldview in, in a sense yeah. with uh with a theistic worldview of a god who. Has an absolute claim on them, who loves them, who is calling back them back to himself, and who has made that possible in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the message that that I want to ultimately uh, come to. Now I think we can we can get there. So right, well, let's okay. let's suggest some uh, let's suggest some uh, some ways into this.
1: Okay, this is good because immediately my mind goes to an aggressive atheist who doesn't want to have anything to do with any yeah, God claims yeah. or anything so, so like that. So let's be.
2: I mean, again. Let's be and that's clear. painting um, a picture. Yeah. That's painting a really stereotype. Yeah. So what out I'm there. trying to be clear on is actually what is our mission here? Yep. Now our mission is is not to be moral crusaders, yep. in because again our moral, uh, our moral discourse, our moral statements, our ethical it's, it's just not it's not going to make sense to people who don't share our worldview. Okay, mm. so mm. that's not going to work. We need to we are heralds of the good news of Jesus Christ. Yep. That's Let's get to the basics here. Okay. That's, and we need to stay on message. Yeah. And so everything needs to lead because otherwise it's going to be combative the whole time, yes. right? And they are going to see you as the enemy yeah. and so forth. And that's the last thing that we want to do because we are representatives of a God who loves them and it was reaching out uh, to them,
1: unconditionally yeah. Yeah. Uh, reaching out Amen. to them. Amen. Okay. is yes. Christ, I've so, so before you even begin, I would say step one. Fundamentally, know what the gospel means. Fundamentally, know what the good news is. Why did Jesus have to come to die? If you can't a- answer that in your own life, in your own mind, and answer those big questions by yourself, you 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 can't even enter this yeah. conversation in the way that you're proposing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
2: and and it's it's my ability to, uh, and and your ability, and our ability, in, in each situation, to summarize the good news yes. in our own words in in general terms that's going to make sense yeah. to the other person um that's probably the most important thing yeah. Uh, yeah. in this so so let's <clears throat> let's set up <coughs> sorry let's set up a uh, a situation here and and perhaps um address some of the key things that come up okay and yep. and suggest perhaps a, a route from those issues to the gospel. Okay, let's see if we can. I love it. If we can map this yep. uh, way. Now, um, one of the one of the key things that Christians uh, get challenged with is, I will you affirm uh, this? You know, a person. I mean, off It's not necessarily even coming from someone from the from within the, and so the moment, I'm just going to use the LGBT uh, example. It's okay? a topic that comes up a Okay, so that's, that's lot. the hottest topic. Okay, yep. so let's just use that as an example. Right? Yep. It's not the only one, but uh, we'll go with this for the moment. Um, uh, the, the concern that people have is they're not content just to agree to disagree i don't want to agree to disagree the challenge to christians is you need to will you affirm this okay i've had letters written to the church by people that are just testing the waters does your church affirm this okay um
1: and this is and they might not be your your friends or your cousins your family might not be as aggressive as that but they might ask in a different way they might even be asking you well do you think this is wrong and that's yeah, an- yeah. that's another way of asking you to affirm to say, well, if yeah, you don't yeah. think it's wrong, it's that's right. Yeah. You
2: know? So, I mean, for example, um, my daughter applied for a job, and one of the conditions of the job is, can you affirm the LGBT LGBT wow. community? You need to affirm it. Wow. In order to work here, I mean, okay. So, so that's that's a thing. Yep. And so, this is what I mean. This, yes, this, yes, yes, this, You actually come across this. I've, you know, I've had this from uh, from a person. Uh, actually, in this situation, from within this community, who is, you, you, I want you need to affirm. Yeah, my, I want you to affirm it, it, my choices, my yeah, my it's, identity. Here. It's
1: not you now. We now live in a society or a, in a culture where you just can't say, "Hey, you're welcome here at the church." Yeah, you now have to say, "No, no, you're welcomed," and I affirmed. Okay, affirm your. So life let's get style.
2: let's get behind this issue. So the the reason. For this challenge is because um, it's a it becomes an identity thing. This is where the affirmation thing because it's about can you affirm me and who I actually am. Okay, this is in that quote. Um, uh, It's you know talks talked about disgracing a person for just being themselves. Mm -hmm. Okay, now this is where and and again I I would challenge already challenge that. Um, I would say. I, I mean, recently in, in a conversation, uh, would say, well, um, when you say affirm, it's about, this is about your identity, right? You as a firm, you as a person. And I I would say the, the, um, the problem with that is where we think our identity lies. Mm. I absolutely want to, I 100% affirm your identity, but I just... I am convinced that your identity lies in something much, much deeper than your sexuality. Yeah, um, and uh, so that's the first thing yes. uh, is to recognise that act- actually, our identity doesn't lie in these surface uh, these surface elements. Um, and and I think and and I would say i I said to that person I I feel like you are actually doing yourself a disservice by locating your identity at at a fairly shallow level, yeah. you know, I think there's something much deeper to personhood, uh, something much more fundamental. And and I think, and I said, I believe, I feel convinced that I would do you a much greater service to uh, affirm your identity at a much deeper level. Then, I, then there's another thing that I would suggest. I would say, um, and this is one of the key things sort of problems in a lot of this dialogue as well is this perception that people have that we're saying we're right and they're wrong, that we're saying we're in the right, we've got it all together, and you haven't. Yeah. So, you know, let's... So, it could from me as a heterosexual, I could be heard to say... Uh, my sexuality is right, your sexuality is wrong. Mm. now we need to correct that okay now what we need to correct in that is not that both are right, but that actually both are wrong yeah <laughs> okay? yes this is this is the because actually what what we want to say and again we let 's think worldview here, think mm. your worldview because fundamentally i'm i want and and I have said I actually when it comes to sexuality, having made the identity point when it comes to sexuality. I don't affirm my own sexuality as uh, the, the way that it is because uh, I feel like we're all broken and one of the most fundamental things about um, about li- real living people is that life means change yeah. and growth, okay? Yeah. And that means a process mm. of becoming, yep. okay? And uh, so um, I believe we are on a, a journey from brokenness towards the the way that god made us to be you know and that god is inviting us all on that journey now you see straight away i'm getting closer to the gospel here yes god is i believe god is inviting us on a journey of change anyone can be part of this journey doesn't matter where you come from what everyone is invited yeah there's only one condition you have to want to change and it's not just sexuality it's Everything is yeah. going to change. So you need to put everything in the hands of God and allow God to completely reshape your, your life. Very, your very that, identity. Yeah, that is yeah. letting God be God. And yes. I explain, letting God be God, the other word for that is faith. Yeah, And, yeah. and so God is calling us to, uh, to that. And anyone can put themselves in God's hands because of what Jesus did. That's how we experience God. Yeah. it 's like you can experience God if you put your life in His hands and allow him to shape you, but this this is the way that I am yeah. and you need to affirm the way that I am uh that is actually going to rob you of a life of transformation yeah uh, because you are you are creating a solid version of yourself All right. that is problematic
1: this is really you've you 've hidden a to- in a topic that um I really want to push back on in a, in a little bit. Uh, there's something particular that's going on in our culture right now as we speak that I think that's really interesting in what you're saying let's take a quick break uh, got some exciting news to share with you in the break but when we come back we're going to keep on pursuing this topic about judgmental bigoted Christians those bigoted Christians and <laughs> we'll get into that more in Thrive Perspectives. It's DJ here for Thrive Perspectives and I'm, I'm interrupting all you judgmental and bigoted Christians just right now to let you know, I'm joking of course, to let you know of a great way about bridging the divide. If you've got someone in your life who's a musician or someone who loves great music, well, have you heard about Sons of Korra? Sons of Korra is Matthew Jacoby's band. And uh, I, I know you, you I know you appreciate his knowledge and his theological input and in our worldview discussions here on Thrive Perspectives. But did you know that his, he and his band have been putting the Psalms to music for decades now, and they've got their own app? You can find it just by searching in the app store, Sons of Korra. That's K-O-R. Ah, Sons of Cora, search for that in the App Store and it'll pop up straight away. Now, I've been reminded here by the developers of the app to let you know that it is a subscriber-supported app. You can download it for free and check it all out. But as a supporter, you can get all the recorded music, including exclusive releases, not available anywhere else. You can you can uh, download them to, to the app so you can play them offline. You'll get new releases in the app at least three months before anywhere else. Sheet music for selected psalms is available in the app. Commentaries written by Matt Jacoby on the psalms are all recorded. The video clips and new video recordings are coming in the app. I'm so excited about that. Latest news, behind the scenes videos and we've got some more exciting things. All of that is available as a quarterly subscriber to Sons of Korah. and I tell you what, that directly Goes to support this amazing musical ministry. Uh, if you're looking for a way to bridge the gap for people over these holidays, maybe check out Sons of Korah. You might be really surprised, and you can recommend and even give a gift of subscribing one of your uh, to your you know your family members there, and they can get into the Word of God through the Psalms through the band Sons of Korah. Check that out at sonsofkorah.com or head over to the App Store and search Sons of Cora. Again, that's spelled K-O-R-A-H. We're going to have some more information about that on the upcoming episodes. But right now, let's get back into the discussion here with Matt about how we can bridge those gaps to those unbelieving friends and family members as we try not to be judgmental or bigoted in this episode of Thrive Perspectives. Back. It's episode 23 of Thrive Perspectives. DJ and Matt here and we're looking at a big picture here of conversation really and, and the way that we communicate the gospel and getting past the stereotype of the judgmental, bigoted Christian. Matt you brought up something and we've gone we've sort of we've backed ourselves into a corner in one point in one point because we keep on coming back to the lgbtq you know yeah, yeah. you know uh, type of type of thing only because that's a big conversation yeah and we're
2: using that as an example we're using
1: yeah. that as an example now literally on the um on the on the, in front of the government right now in victoria mm. is the um i've forgotten what it's called persuasion or uh something bill That says that no person can, you know, it's 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 been advertised, and on the front of the tin, it says we we want to get away from these harmful, horrible practices of uh, of you know these these churches or different organisations saying that they can cure homosexuality. or will cure some sort of sexual perversion. So they don't want to have any it's not transformer What do they call it? A uh conversion therapy. Conversion yeah. therapy. Yeah. Thank you. That's the phrase I was looking. You know, so we want to get away from this horrible conversion therapy. If you suggest any conversion therapy or do it yourself, it's a ten thousand dollar fine, two years in prison. If you send someone out of state for any conversion therapy, it can still be a fine in prison. If you do anything around these things, it can be conversion prison. Now, if you actually look into some of the statements, it's pretty hardcore. They they, mm. they want you to affirm mm. someone's lifestyle. Now, this is now getting into law. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What you're saying. So... How are we supposed to? How are we supposed to walk through this? Because it looks like it's going to happen. I don't think this bill is going to be shot down in in, in our in our low in our state level uh, parliament or thing. I think it's going to get carried through. Yeah, and this
2: is where we need to exercise our democratic, yeah, you know, and uh, write and and argue for a society in which we uh, get to um, uh, practice our faith. Yes. Um, I think though it's important as we do that, so I, I th- there's there's something that we can and should do in that, and I think we should engage in that issue. I'm all about the how and how we sound when we do. Yeah. Okay. So that's, um, and we are you know we are a democracy, so we do have a voice in that. Yeah. uh but we need to also be mindful of the sound of the voice because sometimes we can be so us focused yeah. we need to protect our right to make sure we can do what we want yeah well actually um we need to make sure that um we're first and foremost minding everybody's know, yeah everyone and and particularly our our mission um and uh, so we need to come across in a way that expresses concern for um, a certain kind of society, yeah. and r- so rather than it's just about us and what we want, we need to be approaching this issue um, in a way that says uh, the best kind of society is a free society in which uh, this these differences can um, can it coexist, yeah. and. Uh, and that allows for uh, allows for dialogue, allows for different positions to challenge each other. Yeah. Um, and now this is this is a I mean this is an interesting issue and there's an interesting book at the moment because it's the allowing the differences to challenge each other. Yeah. This is something. I think that is so fundamental. So, for example, it's fundamental to the education system uh, where we allow different views to be brought together to challenge one another. Yes. But in, increasingly, and this is uh, a, a topic of uh, a, a book, that uh, one of the more interesting books I've read uh, in this last year called The Coddling of the American Mind. Um, And I just can't remember the author's name. It's just slipped my... The we'll Coddling have it of in the, the show, American Mind. We'll yeah.
1: have it in the show notes. And...
2: Uh, the author argues that um, there is a, a kind of hyper safetyism that's happened uh, in our culture that treats uh, language as um, as unsafe in some yeah. way that there are certain, yeah, that, that language become that words can be violence yeah. and um, and the, 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 the there is this alarmist um, catastrophizing kind of language. And, and ideas around this, this idea that your view is creating an unsafe space. So even just the context of what you think, your yeah. view, certainly once you express that, that creates an unsafe space for certain people. Mm. And the uh, the writer, um, I think it might be Jonathan Haidt actually, uh, he, um, uh, H-A-I-D-T, uh, the author argues actually we 're not the key to our growth as human beings Amen. is is opposition Amen. and challenge yes and if if we don 't have this we don 't grow and we don 't develop and so yeah. he talks about this coddling that 's happening yeah. that actually is 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 that is actually making us fragile mm. and he his argument is in fact, as human beings we are anti fragile in the sense that that challenge is good for us. Yeah. Um. So the more we're challenged, the the, the actually the more we grow. And yeah. he's a you know he's a psychologist and he argues that compellingly. Mm. And so, so I think. Um, and I'm sure he's arguing it from a non-Christian perspective. He's arguing from a non-Christian perspective, yeah. actually. So this is not a Christian book. Yeah. Um. And so he he's incre- you know he's concerned about the the environment, particularly in universities where yes. uh, where. You know, opposite where the opposite view um, is is not. Ca- they just won't countenance that yeah. view. They're not going to tolerate Can't that view at all. Won't, you know, and they'll protest out, yep. you know, and shut them up. And yep. you know, and, and it's always this is an unsafe space. You are yep. like your view is causing people to commit suicide. You get yep. that catastrophizing language that, yep. that is just not true. Yep. Um, and uh, and so so that creates this situation that he talks about in terms of this coddling yeah. that actually pre- it it makes people fragile and it prevents growth and so i think i think we and can I think and would, we should
1: yeah. we should challenge that and that does actually, does more harm it ends the yeah. people can't say that it does more harm like like i feel pretty strongly about this you know this bill that's in front of the local government at the moment you know the statewide government at the moment so i've re- i've got the information i've written you know emailed yeah. the the politicians yeah. and the the you know and i've got some language from different lobbying groups yeah. to say how to do it and everything like that but my point i think they left out what i saw from different lobbying groups was the point that i feel really strongly about is you're actually taking away the freedoms of this of the people who might be struggling with what they you know with what they're in mm. i've there's so many stories and testimonies of people who you know have chosen a particular lifestyle you know, you, you know, with some sort of sexuality, and then they've left it at a certain point and said, "Wow, that was a a time in my life that I went through, and now I've grown past that." Mm. Well, it's almost like we're taking away the the way yeah. that someone can grow out of yeah. a particular particular lifestyle, yeah. or at least have it challenged, and then going, yeah. "Oh, okay, there might be a you know, there might be a possibility out of this." Yeah. It's such a that's right. So, mm. now, I mean, the thing is, there's always a
2: mixture behind some of these. These policies is always a mixture of valid concerns and and concerns that uh, are well uh, trumped up. Yeah, trumped up, but also quite con- you know um, concerning. Like for example, so I think the safetyism uh, yes. inherent in, in that is sort of behind that is is concerning. You know, but there are um, you know there are some valid concerns as well. I, I think I think it's. One of the my concerns here, and this is where the way that Christians do this is, I just think so important how we allow a voice to be heard, because um, because the perception is that Christians are judgmental and bigoted, yes. and so us arguing for you need to tolerate us, and our side is saying no, but we, we don't want to tolerate intolerance, yeah. um, uh, which in in a sense is that in itself is fair enough. But the ju- the, the, what we need to try to um, solve is this um, misconception that we're being intolerant. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not always... Uh, because, again, what is tolerance? Like, I, I believe certain things, but just because I believe certain things, that doesn't mean I'm not tolerating you uh, or, or that doesn't mean that I don't want to live in a society where you can do what you want. I yeah. mean, essentially... Uh, that's the kind of society that I want to live in. So yeah. I might disagree with someone, but I will say to them, I will argue, you know, black and blue for your right to actually believe what you believe. That I'm not going to enforce. I don't want to enforce my beliefs on you by law, yeah. uh, because they, then, it, I mean, again, it comes back to the question of how do people actually change their worldview? Yeah. Well, it's not just having it enforced on them no, by law. No, no. You know, it's through a process of spiritual transformation. Yeah. And so there again, I get back to. You know, I get back to the central issue that you know I I think um, uh, is of all importance here, and that is the question of how uh, what what is the fundamental difference here? It's a fundamental difference of worldviews, and how is that going to change? It's only going to change uh, by uh, actually them understanding a bit more of the big picture of our worldview, and yeah. that big picture is a God who loves them who is reaching out for them who has come in Jesus Christ and is inviting them into this kind of a life of transformation yeah. you know um, so uh, even and I think it's important to say and this brings me back to this idea of uh, the whole affirm the identity thing it's important to recognise that it's not just Christians who would have a problem with this you need to affirm who I am this is my identity yeah and the problem of this solid identity, this is equally, if not more, of a problem within the Buddhist worldview, for example. See, yeah. the, in the Buddhist worldview, they hold to the um, doctrine of Anatta, which is this idea uh, that that the self, the solid self is actually an illusion. Mm. Um, and so for, for someone to say, this is who I am, you need to affirm who I this is my identity, yeah. a Buddhist would say, no, that actually is one of the core, core um, pieces of ignorance, the misconceptions that is is that you need to be saved from. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah. you know, a, a Buddhist equally would now would would argue against uh, that um, challenge. Yeah. You need to affirm the, my identity.
1: We can go through most religions.
2: Yeah, most right. world would, religions yeah. would would have a problem yeah. with that worldview. And in a sense. But but there's also some compelling lines in philosophy also that would and some, and I, I like to point out some of these things. Yeah, um, I mean I, I sometimes point out the the Buddhist example just because it's it's seen as the the, the very the, it's like the popular intolerance yes, you yes, know yes, the exactly. ultimate you know and um, look I also point out that Christianity is not an intolerant. Faith mm. uh, actually we don 't think that we can change people just by forcing no. uh, our faith on them, and so that puts us in a position of being completely tolerant of other views yeah. um, because we want we don 't want to force our views on other people we we, we want to be in a situation where we can talk openly about those and have a civil discussion Amen. about it right yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, but i I do like to use the Buddhist example again because due to the sort of popularity of uh, of that. Uh, worldview but i also uh refer to i think some compelling lines of philosophy that want to define selfhood our um our self in terms of a process of becoming yes this is um you know inherent in the existentialist strains whether it's whatever form of existentialism whether it's your more theistic uh, form of existentialism coming from kierkegaard i mean kierkegaard is the um, the Danish philosopher, is known as the father of existentialism. He insisted that we as human beings are a process of becoming. Mm. He wanted we need to understand understand ourselves not as a solid thing, yeah. but as a, as this process of relating, ultimately relating to God. Yeah. And that's a process, all right? So it's all about movement. We're not yeah. this solid. And Kierkegaard's point is a theological one. He says God is the only absolute being. Yeah. Okay. We, we are existing. He refers to us as existing spirits in a process of becoming. And, uh, and that means, I mean, Jean-Paul Sartre, who uh, he took these ideas and uh, put them within an atheistic um, worldview. But, you know, Jean-Paul Sartre famously says, I am, not, I, I am what I am not and I am not what I am. And his point is very esoteric, classic, yeah. <laughs> classic philosophy. Yeah. But his point was, um, I can never pin myself down and, and say, "This is what I am," because I'm a, I'm a unfolding process okay now what kierkegaard wanted to do is actually define human beings in terms of that process the key aspect of which was relating to god so we are children of god in a process of relating to god and that's an unfolding process thing so his point is if if the relationship stops how can you say i oh yes i am this yeah because uh you know, so um, it's all about that uh, that process of transformation. This is also, you know, the philosopher uh, Heidegger. This really, he really pushes this idea of of becoming. You know, we again this process of becoming. So even in philosophy, this idea of the solid self—this is what I am—and mm. you need to affirm the way that I am. Um, Heidegger would say that is the epitome of inauthenticity.
3: Wow. Yeah. Because
2: because actually, what what we must. Uh, the the key thing in existence is, you know, realizing our full potential is, is coming to full potentiality. Yeah. And, but again, f- we come back t- to this idea: if we put this within a Christian worldview, yes. then realizing our full potential means that there is an for us there is an ideal. There is a God who create. This is the fundamental to Christian worldview. Yeah. There is a Creator God who created things. To be a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I'm prepared to say to anyone, I'm not willing to let go of that. That is fundamental. Now, you might disagree with that, Mm. but there is a God who created us for a particular purpose to live in a certain way. Now, I am not, I don't conform to that right now. Yes. Okay, so I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong. And
1: as a matter of fact... Nobody, does. no, does nobody yeah. does. All of
2: yeah. sin and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, yeah. Yeah. so this is this is how I reverse. It's this is how the judgmental and bigoted thing uh, can be dashed, right? Mm. Simply by not coming in on the high horse, saying, "Look, I'm on this journey towards this ideal, yeah. and I'm in, I'm in, I want to invite everyone to be a part of this journey because this is life, right? Living yeah. things grow. These exact, the exact things that I say yeah. uh, to people, and 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 I think. Um, I think it makes a lot more sense. Rather than me saying, "Oh, yeah, you're wrong." Like yeah. you're getting back to the sexuality discussion. Yes. My sexuality is right. Your sexuality is wrong. No, we are all not what we should be. Yeah. But life is a process of becoming. You know, towards an ideal. Now, there's a lot of mess on the way. We never actually fully get there. Yeah. I. We. we ne- you know. We never fully get there mm. in this life. Mm. But w- we're working towards this. It's this process of becoming. And so I think that that gets rid of this
1: idea of I'm right, yeah. you're wrong. That's a great That's a great um, attitude to have as you walk into these, you know, supposed situations. Okay, question, as we wrap up, we're running out of time as we always are on Thrive Perspectives. Um, is there ever a time where you go, yeah, I'm just, I'm not even going to enter into this conversation? Because you realise that the person is not interested in a conversation, really. That the person just wants to yeah. trip you up and trap That's you. That's right.
2: Well, I referred to, and we've had a few of these letters written to the church, just to test, you know. Yeah. And I think possibly looking for something to maybe Take to put the in the paper or, yep. or whatever. And, um, and, and the big one is, you know, are you willing to affirm? And I answer exactly as I've said, um, that you know I, I fundamentally believe identity is at, is a far uh, deeper level and I feel like I'd be doing a disservice and um, so um, i I will use every opportunity so that's a classy example where they just want they're just it's just wanting to stir up trouble okay yep. but I actually I'm concerned about them I want them to hear something uh, from a Christian yep. that goes against their stereotype and i I feel like i owe that to them it's not for me to judge whether they will or won't believe you know what i mean what i need to do is do the best that i can to represent my worldview and to do that in a really loving way like i want to do you let's say you are that person i want to do you the 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 i want to give you the respect yes of saying that your identity is way way deeper than that yep and and um and I would really encourage you to embrace a life where we understand our selfhood in terms of this becoming, uh, you know, becoming something more than what yeah. we are. This tr- this transformation. I said I'm, I'm part of that. <clears throat> I yeah. found uh, I have found that life uh, to be um, fullness of life. Yeah. And so and, you're and saying encouraging th- people to enter into that yeah. stream
1: so there's never been a time where you've encountered someone who's been so aggressive or so one-eyed about it who mm. doesn't want to enter into that conversation. Yeah, there, there,
2: there, there comes a point in the conversation where yeah. where um, communication might break down and, yeah. and sure so there, there comes a point where where it yeah it becomes clear that no they actually have no interest but I'm going to go as far as I can down that road and I'm going to keep I'm going to point them because ultimately that discussion comes back to this you know that I say I believe that life is this you know journey of transformation toward an ideal I I just and I realise we disagree on this but I as a Christian fundamentally believe that there is a God who created us for a purpose and and I'll stand for that ideal so I'm not going to let go I mean this is one of the things we don't want to do is water down our convictions. Yep. We don't want to let go of, of the ideals that God uh, has uh, for us, but neither should we ever convey the idea that somehow we live up to that yes. and the other person doesn't.
1: That's a very good point. That's
2: the key thing. Yeah, I'm on this journey, and I try to bring that back to the fact I'm only on this as an imperfect person. I'm only in this space. I'm only having this wonderful experience of being transformed by God mm-hmm. because God came to us in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And put my life in the hands of God to make you know to allow this imperfect creature to be put in the hands of God and lovingly reshaped. And I said that to me is for I keep I just keep pointing people to that and inviting people to that and then if they accept that invitation they accept it if not they don't. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
1: it's a yeah, it's a fine point. As we wrap up, as we wrap up the episode, I'm I'm still, I'm still left thinking of of um you know I love how positive you are with this, Matt. Yeah, you know you're coming at it from an incredibly optimistic point of view, which is which is wonderful. And and to be honest with you, in real life, that's how I often often mm. come to it as well. But I just increasingly I've I, I'm I'm I my optimism is getting a little bit pummeled. At the moment, with certain people yeah. that I that I meet that I meet and talk to, I give you an example, and you know, comment on this however you want. I'll go back to my original examples, as as I said, like working in this you know photography space over the, mm-hmm. over the decades, and meeting different people and people, you know, of all walks of life. I'm talking from every type of lifestyle you can imagine, and then then, then yeah. some, which is often the way with artists. You know, yeah. you really are meeting with people who are living on the edges. Um, they will get to know me, and they will say you know oh well you know you're, you're not like one of those Christians mm. I can be myself around you and I'm like yeah yeah of course and mm. we talk openly and everything like that but at a certain point I've had, the, I've had this happen so often to me over the last few years where especially as people realise I've left the photography industry and gone into Christian media mm. so what happens then is people will start talking about different things or expecting me as you say to affirm different things mm. or throw out scenarios I'll give you an I'll give you an example changing names and stuff like that uh, Well, not mentioning any names. I've had someone say, oh, can you believe it, that mm. um, friends of mine, you know, got married, um, are a trans or whatever scenario you want to make up there as far as a lifestyle choice and one of their family members who says they're a Christian or are one of those type of Christians mm. didn't go to their wedding slash party slash coming out slash whatever it is. You're not like that, thank God. You're not like that, you know, type of thing. And they, they're, they're now on a, the positive side of me, the optimistic side of me, is saying, well, they love me so much, and they they consider me to be such a friend that they would assume that I'm in the same boat as them. Yep. On the negative side of it, some of them are challenging to go. Well, you listen. What actually does this mean? What does this Christian worldview mean? Mm. I've had to I've had to say to these people in a very gracious way well, actually, I don't want to feel like I'm judging anybody, but I can understand where these people are coming from. Yeah. And I might not express it the same way. You're making it sound very hateful and everything like that. Maybe they weren't. There might have been a lot of pain for that family member to say, listen, I can't come along to this whatever mm. it is. But let me, you know, we might be on different pages of what you think. Mm. And there's always a sense of shock and horror on this person, that you're not exactly what they wanted you to be. You're not yeah. the exactly progressive Christian throwing off the shackles of the, the, yeah. the that they thought that you would be. Yeah. Yeah. In
2: situations like that, um, and, and that's an interesting example of, you know, so, so let's say you have, um, uh, a, I mean, a, a, a gay couple and yeah. they're together, and well, can you uh, affirm this relationship and so forth? I think the thing that we need to, the question we need to be clear on in our own minds is, uh, what what most needs to what most needs to change in these people's lives, and and their sexuality isn't the thing initially that most needs to change. What most needs to change is that they need to realize that there is a God who has an absolute claim on their lives, yeah. who loves them, sent His Son to bring them to Himself. Amen. That's that's. The, the key change that yes. they need and so you know i think we need to be prepared to go uh to where people are to advocate for that leaving the other stuff aside for the yeah. moment you know what yeah. i mean i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sit with you at your table yeah. um i'm not going to put conditions on that or i'm going to invite you you know it's to, to our table as you are not demanding that you change yeah um because the first message that that I I want to convey and represent through my openness and testimony, not through jamming it down your throat, but that I want to represent and embody and and shine out is this fundamental uh, notion that there is a God who loves us and and is drawing us to himself. Um, And I think think that is a start in in complicated situations like this. Ask yourself... What is the most important thing in this situation? What is the most important message that this person needs to get in this situation uh, because in a messy in a messy world there's always going to be compromise mm-hmm. as an element of it's always going to feel like an element of compromise you know yeah. it's yeah. like Jesus at matthew 's house having you know having a meal with all of these sinners and tax collectors and whatever and and it's for him there was an unconditional connection i'm going to go to your party uh, because the most the thing that I want you most to know is that I love you, and that God loves you, and that uh, and and that God is calling you to Himself. And so I'm going to I'm going to be there for you to um, to convey that message. So uh, and of course to Jesus onlookers that looked like compromise, they saw that as compromise. That
1: looked like Jesus affirming the sin. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right.
1: All right. So how do we in 2020? Mm. You know, thousands of years after Jesus sitting with tax collectors you know how do we rightfully discern what is cuz we might be going there with the spirit of Jesus mm. of saying we want to share this with you they might be inviting us there mm. to affirm mm. what they're doing how do we how do we walk this tightrope
2: oh, this is the thing every situation is different isn't yeah. it and it's it's very difficult to um it's very difficult to generalize at this point and and you just can't make a blanket rule. Yeah. It's it depends Because we've got we've got young people Depends on the context, depends on the relationship, depends on 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 where that conversation is at any given time, yeah. what kind of understanding is is set up. I mean and I just think we need to be you need to be clear on the goal uh, what is the goal here the goal what is the biggest issue in this person's life mm-hmm. you know it's not it's not any moral issue it's a spiritual issue yeah. and um and so we need to put those other issues aside um, and focus on the spiritual issue and try to establish that a spiritual connection because we can through love we establish spiritual connections with people mm-hmm. and we need to create a context in which we can uh, be bold witnesses uh, to um, to God's invitation through Jesus Christ. That's what I mean by focusing on the gospel. A lot of people think that oh, the message is uh, standing up for you know Christian morals in this situation. No, no, that's not the mission. Uh, the mission is to uh, is to represent the message of the gospel, uh, God's invitation. Once people have that transforming encounter with Jesus Christ, that's how their worldview changes. Yeah. That's when the all of the moral and ethical stuff will start to make sense.
3: Yeah, yeah. And may I, I say,
2: I, I know, look, I, you know, you, you said that I was optimistic, but my optimism is framed within, for example, you know, Matthew 13, the parable of the seeds. Yes. You know, there's, there were four different examples of, you know, the seed on the path and yep. on the rocky ground and the weeds yep. and, and so forth. Uh, so the, uh, so there's four different seeds, and only only one quarter yeah. of the yeah. seeds, according to that parable, landed on good yeah. soil. Okay, seventy five percent not so good. Yeah, yeah, so I'm aware, but but Jesus doesn't say, oh, so don't scatter seeds anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His point is, go scatter the seeds, but understand that that a lot of it is is not going to bear fruit. But there yeah. will be good soil. So don't mm. not you know don't make judgments about which is the good soil. Yeah. Just scatter the good seed, which is. The message of the kingdom of God the good news of the kingdom of God the fact that that you know God is drawing us under his loving rule through Jesus Christ and um, and leave leave the rest to God you know I think that's the key that's the key thing it's all about focus and the more focused we are on the gospel and what God is doing and on representing that I think the more effective we will be as Christians
0: For listening to Thrive Perspectives, we want to hear from you. So send us your big questions and ideas. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, download other shows, see all of our resources and much, much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visiting the website, ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives really helps us reach more people. So head to ratethispodcast.com slash Thrive Perspectives. We hope that these shows will challenge you to look at life from a new perspective and thrive. was another DJP.FM production.